Episode 80, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason Jennings, great to be with you. Uh, Dale, uh, every week, I, I say it all the time, so if I say it again, it'll be seen as being disingenuous, but I really look forward to getting together with you every week and doing this podcast. Absolutely, and what I love about this, we always dive straight in and get right to the meat right off the bat, so those folks driving to work in the morning and they've got taillights ahead of them and headlights behind them, they get something in these few short minutes that they can actually put into play in the office today. So, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. That's all you've told me, but I've got a feeling that there is some experience, something you saw somewhere along the way, bottom line, a great story that leads us into this conversation. Uh, there sure is. So, you know I'm on the road a lot, and I, I, I tried to lead a very disciplined life on the road, uh, but when I get off the road, I am really disciplined. I, uh, I work from about 5 o'clock in the morning till about 2.30 in the afternoon, I do a Spanish lesson, I play my viola, and I go to the gym for an hour. And then the highlight of my day, uh, and this will probably tell you how exciting my life off the road is, the highlight of my day is going down to the local market and picking up the produce for the evening's dinner and and going back to the big butcher department and uh, to look at the display of the fresh meats and and the chickens and the poultry and the fish. And uh, I know all the guys there. And so whenever I walk in in the afternoon, I say... And I'm not going to use the real names because that would give away where I shop. But I say, you know, hello, Ellen. Hello, Miguel. I mean, uh, hello, Nathan. I mean, hello, 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 hello. How's everybody today? Let's have a big smile on your face. And uh, and then we have a little bit of repartee. And uh, and I figure out what I'm buying for protein to come home and cook that night. And uh, last week, something happened. After our hand bumps and our smiles and I'd completed the order, One of the young guys there, uh, I would say, uh, and they're all, by the way, immigrants uh, into America. And uh, one of the young guys, who I would guess is 23 or 24, uh, and kind of very shy, said, can I talk to you for a minute? And uh, I said, sure. And so he came out from behind the counter, and we walked down to the end, and I said, "Uh, what can I do for you? And he said, I just want to tell you that we love you. And I said, wow, well, I, uh, I love you too. I mean, what brought that on? And he said, you know... You're the only person in town who has ever taken the time to learn all of our names and treats us like people. And he said, the highlight of our day is when you come in here. And he said, you know, the boss here, the owner here is actually a jerk. I mean, we never see him. And we all talk about the fact that we work here so that we get to see you once a day when you're off the road and how good you make us feel. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, man, I love you guys too. Time for a big abrazo, a big hug. And uh, so I paid, uh, and I, I get in the car, and, you know, I've got this rule, no crying. Men don't cry. Men don't get moist-eyed. And because uh, I, I can't actually, you know, it doesn't take much in a movie, I mean, to get me a little bit moist-eyed. But I was driving home, and I just thought, what a wonderful human encounter that was. And I'm not trying to set myself up as any kind of a model because I make every mistake that, that can be made. But I actually, I, I was getting moist-eyed. And then I thought, well, you know, don't get moist-eyed before you go home because you're going to walk in the house and people are going to say, what's wrong with you? So I actually drove up in the hills for a couple of minutes to make sure my eyes would be bright and clear. And um, all of a sudden I was thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
almost 70 years ago, Dale, Abraham Maslow, a psychologist very ahead of his time, uh, put together, and I'm going to have to paint a picture here, uh, put together a pyramid. Some of the people listening uh, may be familiar or have seen this before, but if you can imagine a pyramid, and then within that pyramid, there are five stories. There are five boxes going up the pyramid. And uh, here's what he put forth. And, and by the way, his, his original theory uh, of uh, motivation, I mean, ha- has been validated and replicated over and over and over again. It's, it's, it's like near science today. But in the bottom box of the pyramid, uh, he said, those are our physiological needs. And that everybody's first need, it's just common sense, is for food, clothing, and shelter. I mean, that's the first thing that anybody would search out. That's the, anything, that's the first thing that anybody would want to have. You'd need to have it. Food, clothing, and shelter. Uh, the second story of the pyramid, he theorized, is safety. Uh, we want to be safe from being attacked, being put into danger. And we want to know that somehow we're going to have a continuation of food, clothing, and shelter. So first story of the pyramid our physiological needs, food, clothing, and shelter. The second uh, story of the pyramid is safety. But now we come to a fascinating one. And the third one is this. Once we've fulfilled our physical needs, and once we have a sense of safety, Dale, the next thing that people are looking for is love and belonging. And I thought back to my experience in the butcher shop. And these are wonderful guys working back there. And I thought about his comment that the owner's a jerk, doesn't show up, never has a kind word to say, and how they love me. And I thought, my Lord, how little does it take to make a positive impact on somebody's life? And then I went, of course this is why the great companies that myself and my researchers identify that we interview and that we write about in our books, they have truly cracked the code because people belong to those organizations. And in many instances, they find love in those organizations. Something as basic as people needing love and belonging. And then, of course, I went off on a tangent. I, in my thinking, as I sometimes do, and my tangent is this. I was thinking about terrorists around the world. I thought about young, uh, disaffected Americans being recruited by ISIS. How is this even possible? Why? I mean, were these young people born evil? I'm sorry. I summarily reject that. I can tell you why. They had no love. They had no sense of belonging in their life. And all of a sudden, this terrorist group says, we will give you love. We will give you, we will make you belong to something important. And they're hightailing it out of here through the Turkish border into Syria. I mean, to become terrorists. Are most of these people probably terrorists? I don't think so. I really don't. But so fierce is everyone's need for love and belonging that they will find it someplace. And then I started thinking about, well, what is our role? I mean, what, what is our role as humans on this planet? And is one of our responsibilities to provide a sense of love and belonging and inclusion to as many people as we possibly can? And then I was thinking about practically, most people actually feel very unloved and like they don't belong on the job. And how really smart business leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners could really crack the code. I mean, by just taking into consideration the third level of this pyramid, that people want to belong to something. They don't want to work for someone. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to have a sense of belonging. And if somebody can really work on that in their business, just think about what is possible. And then, of course, I won't leave you cold at the third story. I mean, the fourth story of the pyramid is once you've got your physiological needs met, once you've got relative safety, 
once you feel loved and you belong someplace, that allows you to have self-esteem, to feel good about yourself. And then the top of the pyramid is this. When all of those other things happen, it's self-actualization. You can actually set about accomplishing and becoming everything that you can be. So I guess my call this week to people in business is, does the business environment, does your culture foster a sense of belonging to something important? And are you doing all you can do to nurture and move along this sense of belonging? Because when people feel like they belong and are appreciated and loved, then all things become possible. And I love how simple this is, because it's really the simple things that matter most. It doesn't require committees, task forces, focus groups to dive in and figure out what's wrong and how do we how do we fix our our massive problem of disengagement. We've talked about disengagement before, but you want somebody engaged in their work, which I think you've even shared some numbers on the level of disengagement that we see oh, in the workplace. The, 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 they're, they're amazing numbers. I mean, according to the most recent Gallup poll of employee engagement, I mean, 76% of employees in America, I mean, are not engaged in the work of the organization. I mean, that they feel disconnected from. And this is a perfect segue. So then yesterday, what happens is I receive a letter in the mail. I don't get many letters in the mail. I get lots and lots of emails. And I opened it. I read the letter. And uh, it's not like I have a lot of teary days. But I got to tell you, I could have gotten a little moist over this one, too. So regular listeners know that in the book, The Reinventors, one of the companies I profiled is, is CoBank, a $100 billion bank based in Denver, active all over the nation, that exists, I mean, to serve rural America. And you've heard me talk about, in fact, in last week's episode, uh, we talked about uh, the proper way to say you're sorry, and I, I cited Bob Engel, their CEO and chairman, who I happen to consider to be the quintessential leader in American business today. I, he's one of the people, and his company is one of those that I talk about in every speech. So there's something waiting there for me for CoBank. And so I open it up, and it says, Dear Jason, I've been meaning to write to share with you our 2015 annual report and corporate social responsibility report. It was very important to me that we continue our track record of success that you so graciously highlighted and wrote about in the high-speed company. So here you go, our 16th consecutive year of increased profitability. I'm pleased to report that the formula hasn't become any more complicated than it ever was. <laughs> in spite of the need for speed, decisive leadership, and 360-degree peripheral vision in difficult global financial market and geopolitical uncertainties. I love that line. It's not any more complicated than it ever was. But then he went on to write. And I mean this. I, I was jumping around my office. I also want to send along my sincere thanks for your weekly podcasts. In spite of the fact that I've read the book many times, these are great opportunities to remind me of what's important. And finally, I appreciate your mentioning CoBank in your most recent episode, How to Say You're Sorry. I hope all is well with you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. And I'm thinking, here's a guy, I mean, who runs a $100 billion bank, is probably, hands down, one of the greatest business leaders you will ever meet. He's got time uh, to listen to a podcast and to go out of his way and, and to share their progress. All I can tell you, Dale, life is pretty darn good made the time to write a letter. Yeah. That's uh it's it's one of those things just like you made the time to learn the names of the guys behind the counter at the grocery store. 
it makes a, the little things really do matter. Uh, yeah, they do. So it's probably a good reminder to all of us, uh, including to me, including to myself, uh, that we have a responsibility to learn people's names and to be gracious uh, and to become mentors and to com- uh, and to care and to be compassionate and to let our heads meet our heart. It doesn't mean we're not tough. I mean, Bob Engel's a tough business guy, too. I mean, it doesn't mean that, that we're not tough and that we're not demanding, but we always have to be reminded of um, of how much the little stuff counts. And uh, I think we've got to be responsible for, for always doing that. So th- th- let's make that our resolution for the week. Absolutely. Just pay a little bit of attention to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a great thing to do this week. Think about how it plays into your business, what it means for you, especially that middle brick of the the pyramid, love and belongingness needs. So thank you so much, Jason. Uh, if this content was helpful to you, the listener, uh, we would really appreciate it if you'd go into iTunes, write a review, leave a rating. So far, get this, Jason, only five-star ratings in the uh, rating section of iTunes. So hopefully we've earned the same from you, the listener, and uh, we look forward to hearing uh, from you again next week, Jason. Can I say one final thing? Please do. I I just thought of this. I mean, we're not hucksters, and I mean, we're not selling anything. This is free because we love to do it, and and it will always be free. I I have no interest in monetizing this whatsoever. But you know what? Uh, Go and buy the book, The High Speed Company, uh, for this reason, to read about Bob Engel and CoBank. I mean, it's just an incredible story that everyone should know. Hmm. And uh, you'll find that, of course, in your favorite place to buy books uh, online, probably still available in bookstores around the country as well. So thanks for the reminder. And until next week, make it a great one. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.